This podcast brought to you by Earthlink. It's Monday, February 6, 2006. I'm Molly Wood, author of CNET's Buzz Report. And I'm Tom Merritt, author of CNET's The Real Deal. Welcome to Buzz Out Loud, CNET's podcast of indeterminate length and periodically remote participants. <laughs> Are you in a comfy chair? I am on a comfy couch. See? Isn't yeah. it great? Yeah, it's nice. You gotta love that. Sometimes CNET makes me work on weekends, and so then sometimes on Mondays, I don't have to come to work. Tough life. Yeah. Works out okay. Yeah. And say hi, Veronica. And of course. Veronica Belmont. Veronica Belmont. You've been leaving Making me it out all lately, happen. Molly. Making uh-uh, today. Yeah, and, and like w- last week with Leo. Well, and that one day with Leo. Ooh. That's because Molly's all relaxed. That's true. <laughs> I can't think that well. <laughs> On the couch. Fair enough. And new On buzz report out today. Yes, there's a new buzz report published today in On iTunes. On the podcast. Thanks to fabulous the producer podcast. Veronica. You're welcome. See? <laughs> <laughs> See, I do things. Anyway, go download it. Do now. It. It's we'll funny. wait. It's Go video. Down. We get all those emails. We just keep plugging it because we get all those emails from you guys asking for video. And this, unfortunately, is video that only includes one of the three of us. But perhaps yeah. soon it will have correspondence. 33% of what you've asked for. <laughs> Free. <laughs> hey, so um, who watched the Super Bowl? Me. Me. Not me. Well, I watched oh. the commercials. Uh, you know, so the game. Well. Nah. I had an anti-Super Bowl <laughs> afternoon. Well, that's because you're a Boston fan, not a sports fan. Yeah. <laughs> if the Patriots had been in it, you would have been totally all over. I totally watched. Well, I heard Tom Brady did the coin toss. Yeah, yeah and he got booed. He got booed. <gasps> <laughs> did he? Well, because it was full of Pittsburgh fans, because yeah. he was in Detroit. Uh-huh. So okay. even the Seahawks got booed Everybody. when they came out on the field. <laughs> the crowd was like 90-10 Pittsburgh. See, I am actually a football fan. I thought it was one of the better football games, Super Bowl games, that I've seen in years. Like, it was super exciting. It had a record-long run, and it had that awesome gadget play where Antoine Randall L. threw, like, a 43-yard pass. First pass, by the way, um, by a receiver. Yeah, it's when they use a Motorola Razor to (laughs) call the play. I don't know. That's why we should like it. It's a trick play. Trick play. Oh. It was a good game. Go, go, gadget. But the commercials, but actually... um, The commercials sad. The commercials were pretty... Lame, I thought. I actually found myself getting up to go to the bathroom during the commercials in I a know. Super Bowl, which it's normal behavior for any other event. But usually in the Super Bowl, you're like, "Oh, what's it going to be?" Yeah, yeah. And we spent the whole first half sitting there, like, "Well, what? What? We can't go to the bathroom because the commercials are on." And then several of them. Like, oh. Several of them were derivative of last year's commercials. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the career builder one was just like taking off on was the, that monkeys. the monkeys. Yeah, yeah. it's taking yeah. off on the monkeys from last year. GoDaddy was. You know, taking off on the lady losing her strap from last year. And, Boring. Yeah. The I liked, lady. I liked, um, I really liked the uh, what American Express one with MacGyver because it was very good to see MacGyver back on TV. Yeah. Looking surprisingly good. Surgically really? good, I think. Ew. But, surgically um, good. But <laughs> Thank also, goodness what technology can do. But we watched the Super Bowl in HD, which I'm sure you did too. Yes, I did. And this, I wanted to ask because um, whether our users had the same experience as I did, which is that in the, all of the musical uh, elements of the show, in the pre-show and the halftime concert, the audio was terrible. Well, what kind of audio were you listening to? Was it surround sound? Was it? Yeah, oh. it was surround sound. And every other part of it sounded fantastic. Here's the only thing with audio that I noticed. I did not have a 5.1 system set up. Mm-hmm. It was just using the speakers on the television. It's a Mitsubishi 52-inch DLP. Everything sounded fine to me except... For the movie ads. Oh, really? All the ads for movies, you couldn't hear the dialogue. Oh, weird. Because I think those were mixed for 
5.1 sound, but not mixed well. Uh, and see, for us, all the musical performances sounded like they were in mono. I mean, mm. and it sounded like the music was turned up louder than the singing, like you couldn't even hear it. And I was wondering if that, because it only happened during the musical performances, I wondered if it was part of the audio feed. But I tried to Google it for it today, and I didn't see much about it. Not a high-def problem, but an audio problem. But an audio problem, yeah. And the high as def, usual, it The high-def of the game really didn't look very good. Especially really? compared to the commercials. It huh. was really weird. I thought it looked fine. Really? Yeah. Well, the TV we watched on was a 70-incher, so <laughs> our pixels were <laughs> oh, well, a little bigger. Oh, well, thing. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I know our fans are not big um, football fans, so I suppose we could. Well, move Peter on. John wrote in. He said the only good commercial he saw was the AmeriQuest Mortgage Company one, and he wanted to know why Miss Piggy was selling pepperoni pizza. Doesn't she know that might be her soon? What? Yeah, I find oh. that really disturbing. Oh, that's terrible. That's really creepy. I'm sorry. Oh, I didn't even get that at first because it's so wrong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love pepperoni and bacon, but I also love Miss Piggy. I know. It's like cannibalism. She's not. She shouldn't be pushing that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. she's not a pig for eating. No, she's she's a pig for loving. She's a pig for loving. (laughs) That'd be like Kermit coming out and selling frog legs. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. All right. Speaking of television, a few months ago there was this report NBC was saying that it thought iTunes had actually helped improve ratings for The Office. And now it turns out that that might actually be true. Networks are are finding that when they put their shows on iTunes for sale, that it actually does improve their ratings and improve their their viewership overall. Now, this is true of the shows that have been put on, obviously. So I wonder if they're doing a good job in picking what shows would be put on or if this would be a generalized effect. I'd be be interested to see if they started putting more shows on because they have been putting shows like Lost, for instance – that benefit from people being able to catch up, right? Right. Like, I I imagine that I am more likely that to have jumped in on Lost because I was able to buy the DVDs and then buy a few shows on iTunes and catch up, even though I missed the season opener for season two. So I imagine that's probably true overall for a lot of these. Right. Not, not all of them are big story arcs, though. I mean, The Office is not as compelling as Lost, but it is, but South Park's not. Yeah, no, I wonder. Well, and there, it sounds. It seems as though there are definitely shows that have tanked on iTunes and on the networks. Well, and that's you know what a bad show is a bad show. Right. It doesn't matter how it's delivered. So, well, but that may be the thing is that yeah. you know good shows are going to do well on iTunes because they do they would do well anywhere. But the halo effect, right, of a good show, whether it's going to pay off to put it on iTunes and it actually increases viewing. That I've always believed that's probably true. I think it's true. People, because then you have people talking about it more. Yeah, it does. It, it has that uh, that effect of getting people thinking about it. That was always the thing we talked about, uh, was getting people to think about your product the most is more important than anything. Because yep. if it's always top of mind, then they're going to come back. Mind share. Yep. Got to get that mind share. Speaking of the halo effect. Ah. Uh, uh, as soon as you said you're that, You're on today. No, no. I'm just taking my cue from you. Nah. I'm learning at the feet of the Segway Master. Uh, a story in the New York Times via CNETnews.com today about how essentially um, video game companies are finding that like only gamers want to play games. It's a major bummer. What a surprise. Wait, I'm confused. <laughs> Explain that again. So they've been trying to expand video games into other markets, and they're finding that only people who like to play games will buy video God, games. That's so weird. Yeah. I know. Hmm. Isn't it? And that, that they basically, people buy the new games when the new games come out. And then they stop buying them. 
and they they are not able to sell as many in the months after all the hardcore gamers buy the games because they're playing the games because they're right. playing the, they and bought. other people don't want the games because they don't like video games exactly so we're starting to see some of the cracks in the idea that the video game industry is equivalent to the movie industry because you know what you buy a movie takes you two hours to watch it now, granted, some games only take you two hours to play, but most games don't. Good games don't. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's not it's not like you're going to buy a game and then the next day you want to go out and rent another one. Well, and for the entertainment industry, they had actually been hoping that video games were one of the bright spots. Like, as the movie industry mm-hmm. has been having problems and music sales have been going down, they've been at least able to say, games make money, hand over fist, take it to the bank. That's, you know, the Bible right there. And now they're like, oh... Because in addition to this problem about not being able to sell sort of year-round, they're worried that the industry at large is not growing. And so some games aren't selling very well, and then they are totally, you know, and of course they're unable to get non-gamers interested in gaming. Total sales of hardware, software, and accessories grew by 6%. So stuff was still up. What they were worried about, mostly it looks like, is the fact that software sales for Xbox and PlayStation 2 and consoles in general went down 12%. And I think that's probably because new consoles haven't come out yet. Right. You know, it's been so long on the old consoles. Those, those have been around, I mean, in the gaming world anyway, those have been around for quite a bit of time. So everybody's getting excited about the new consoles it makes sense that there would be a little bit of fatigue on those, and we'll probably see another boost when the new consoles are all out by next Christmas. Yeah, I would say maybe you know in a year or so, then those console sales will be back up where they where they belong. I don't I don't know how you solve the problem of trying to get people who don't play games to play games. Yeah, that that you're just <laughs> yeah. I don't know you you got a you got a hard way to go there. Yeah. Coming up, we're going to talk about bloggers' problems staying up over the weekend and how that's affecting the blogosphere. We'll also talk about a new wireless protocol that could rule them all. And did NVIDIA hire online actors to promote their products online? Stay with us. Do you believe anything is possible? At Earthlink, we do. We believe the same company that delivers your lightning-fast DSL connection can deliver your home phone service and wireless service, too. One company for all your communication needs. Visit earthlink.net and start believing today. Earthlink, we revolve around you. I like this story about Blogger because I had a problem staying awake over the weekend, too. No, <laughs> <laughs> Staying awake over the weekend? Well, I'm glad it wasn't me. I thought I broke Blogger. <laughs> well, I was actually uh, on the web surfing around in Technorati uh, doing some searches and had opened a ton of links and tabs, you know, that I was going to go and then read in order. Yeah. And like five of the six of them didn't come up. So at first I'm like, was my internet connection weird? No, it wasn't my internet connection. And then I noticed they were all blogs at blogspot.com. Yeah. So then I started looking around on forums and I found on the blogger forum that people were actually having problems not only getting to their blogs, but posting to their blogs. The blogger.com site had been down. Uh, And this has been going on pretty much all of last week. Yeah, it's funny, though, because I I was able to make a post because I switched to... um I got my own domain. I'm not using Blogger anymore for everything. Woo-hoo! Yay, finally! VeronicaBelmont.com. Anyway, um, <laughs> and so I was trying to, to post on my Blogger blog to say, like, oh, this is the new site. And it, I made a post, but then I couldn't go look at it afterwards. And I couldn't get anything to go up. And then I couldn't go to other Blogger blogspot addresses of that kind. So, uh, yeah, guys, fix it. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. If you look at um, Tom 
linked to this in his alpha blog post about it, but if you look at status.blogger.com, mm-hmm. like all the way back to Thursday, uh-huh. they're talking about all these outages that they've had, and they're like, we're super sorry, we're having this problem, we're having this problem, now it's a hardware problem. I wonder what tipped it off. I wonder what started it. Applause to them for keeping people informed. I yeah. mean, they really are on their status blog trying to, to keep people up to date and letting them know what's going to happen. And something blogger users should know, I mean, a reminder that they actually have a planned network maintenance outage tonight, Monday the 6th, from 7 to 8 p.m. Pacific time. That's 10 to uh, 11 p.m. Eastern time. So blogger and blogspot blogs will be unavailable during that time as well. Right. And pl- planned? Haha, ha, we'll see. Well, no, they actually announced that like way oh, back. Yeah. The, the, the irony is they announced that like way back on Monday. They're like, oh, planned outage next Monday. Right. And then they had all these other outages in between time. Oh, so hopefully that'll <laughs> fix it. But also, it's just interesting in general to note what havoc that wreaks <laughs> yeah. when Blogger is down. Yeah, because I seriously, I mean, I don't know, it, roughly 80% of the blogs I was trying to read through Technorati on uh, on Sunday just weren't there, or Saturday, rather, yeah. just weren't there. They were gone. It takes out a big chunk of the blogosphere when that happens, and that's that's not good. Even if, you know, you like or dislike Blogger, I mean, mm-hmm. the whole yeah. idea of Blogs is that they're there and you can access them and see this information, and, and it is back up. I mean, as of now, stuff is back up. Yes, and it means that Blogger should just diversify their hosting portfolio, perhaps. Well, and who owns Blogger? Google. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Just light up that dark fiber. Blogger now. didn't have all those problems until Google took over. Yeah, that's that one. MySpace had all those problems once Rupert Murdoch took yeah, over that. True. So it all, you know what? A lot of these things, I bet, just, just a total wild guess, are caused by trying to integrate systems. Yep. You know, because oh, that totally. always causes havoc. Yeah, I was going to say the exact same thing is that I'm sure it's a transition. New hardware, new servers, you know. Anyway, they'll get it fixed. Posting on Slashdot uh, today, very interesting, says technicians in Ireland are testing a device capable of skipping between incompatible wireless standards by tweaking the underlying code. A quote from the New Scientist article referenced in that post, the technology promises to let future gadgets jump between frequencies and standards that currently conflict. So, for instance, a cell phone could automatically detect and jump to a much faster Wi-Fi network whenever you're in a local hotspot. Which is one of the things when they talk about cell phones that have Wi-Fi capability for making calls. There's been talk about that, being able to use VoIP. It's like, well, uh, when will I know I'm near a Wi-Fi hotspot and how do I switch? This technology could could really revolutionize wireless. If you could have one protocol that you're like, hey, it'll just go out and find whatever's available. A Wi-Fi hotspot or WiMAX or Edge or EVDO or or whatever's out there and just, just use it. And you have a seamless experience. If this works... This could be huge. That would be phenomenal. Yeah, it sounds a little bit like a Wi-Fi miracle. Well, it's a software thing, so I don't. You know, I mean, I, maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's. I mean, navigating all that. I used to ride the train and see all the Wi-Fi hotspots along the route on my way into work, and I wondered, like, couldn't somebody write some software that could actually just jump from each hotspot to hotspot and put the packets together? Right. It just has to work fast. Well, isn't that? Somewhat the promise of WiMAX that it would be able to sew together. Is it? I, I'm not sure. I'm asking. Oh, okay. <laughs> is that? I'm wondering. Isn't it the promise of WiMAX partly that it is able to sew together like greater swaths of connectivity, so that maybe it's not so much about hopping, but I think I thought there was some sort of seamless transition element included in WiMAX, but I don't know. I'm allows sure, it to cover a wider area. I'm sure that you out there will tell us. Um, you know, I I definitely feel like. 
this is the future of Wi-Fi, right? The idea that everyone has connection everywhere they go. Well, it's also the nice thing is that you don't have to with this. If it worked, you wouldn't have to pick a standard. Yeah, one wouldn't have to win. Right. Although there would, like you say, it would have to be fast, and it would so that so even if the software was great, it would still have to depend on the speed of the the hardware. And like I can tell you that my wireless antenna just in my laptop sometimes takes for friggin' ever to even notice that I've moved to a new hotspot. You know. Well, see, that's because you don't have this new software. Oh, I see. Oh ho ho. <laughs> <laughs> what then? Well, if someone could give that to me, that would be great. <laughs> um, anyway, keep working, Irish guys. Uh, speaking of blogs and the blogosphere and Web 2.0, uh, it, did NVIDIA hire online actors to promote their products? <laughs> uh, this is via Boing Boing, but this is on the Consumerist.com website. Uh, about a week ago, the Consumerist stumbled upon claims made by various gaming websites that graphics chip manufacturer NVIDIA had seeded gaming and PC hardware enthusiast sites with pro-NVIDIA shills. <laughs> so taking the whole guerrilla marketing thing and trying to bureaucratize it and corporatize it so that you get a positive response out there in that Web 2.0 world. You know, this is just part of that thing where everyone is trying to engineer viral incidents. Yeah, everyone's trying to engineer natural occurrences. Right. Like, you're trying to, to yeah. create a phenomenon on the Internet, and then this whole viral marketing thing is absolutely, it's just absolutely become a way for companies to kind of be more underhanded about their advertising, I think. Well, and a lot of, we've even had debate about CNET about what is the best way to approach this, because, right. I mean, I think it's legitimate for any company, large or small, to want to promote itself. But how do you do it responsibly and in within the community standards? And I can say with some certainty that the right way to go about it is not to hire actors to go <laughs> pretend to be gamers. Well, that's well, almost like, it's almost like it works the opposite at that point. Yeah. You know, when people yeah. figure it out, they're just so disgusted and like, are you kidding me? I mean, I guess any press is good press, but mm. really, yeah, this is going to turn people, some people off. Yeah. I mean, it just seems pretty obvious that fake testimonials <laughs> yeah. on a testimonial page is not the way to go. Like, that's not viral. That's just seeding. That's just lies. Right. It's, you know, like the fake movie reviews thing. I'm going to skip down the lineup and pull in that Google thing. Google has banned BMW's German website, bmw.de, for trying to spike results. It's the same. It's a similar kind of thing. Yeah. They're trying to game the system. What they've done is they, they've gone and, and they've put up, you know, uh, pages that only Google can see to try to boost their uh, ranking. And what Google has said is, great, your ranking is now zero. You're not you're not in the index. <laughs> that is really hardcore too. I mean they com- they like we know we've talked a lot on this podcast about how people live how websites live or die by their Google ranking and by those search results. And the fact that now like basically I assume right that if you were in Germany and you were searched for BMW this site wouldn't even show up. Oh, well yeah, you'd probably get the American site. You would not get bmw.de. That would be my guess. Um, it's called the Google death penalty. The death penalty. I like yep, that. I love that. Yeah. And I don't know how long it lasts either. I've heard about it happening to people. And what I, I think another quote in the Boing Boing posting about this, uh, somebody said that, uh, yes, they confirmed that Google had indeed given the death penalty to BMW and Rico better watch out because <laughs> they're on the way. Rico? Yeah. Get it. R-I-C-O-H. Oh, the camera company. Yeah. Really? Interesting. Very interesting. Well, I mean, it's not that surprising that people would try to game Google, but boy. At least there was some fair warning there. I bet BMW got blindsided. 
Yeah, it does say Rico.de will be removed soon for similar reasons. Yeah, if they don't watch it. They don't stop it. And that is from, wow. Wow, dishy. Speaking of Google, um, no, we're not building a PayPal competitor. It just looks and acts just like PayPal. Just like it's not a Craigslist competitor or a IM competitor or anything or, else competitor. Or a Yahoo Mail or an eBay competitor. No, this is hilarious. <laughs> the uh, the slash dot uh, posting uh, says that Eric Schmidt confirmed in press accounts that the company was building a payment service but didn't intend to offer person-to-person stored value payment system, which is sort of a description of PayPal service. Whereas uh, Mr. Jordan of PayPal, uh, the chief of PayPal, says he and his team dissected the wording and say they don't believe Eric Schmidt. <laughs> so basically, whatever, Google, you're yeah. coming after us and we know it. Well, yeah, and what that's just ridiculous to be like, well, we're starting this thing. It does sort of what you do and everything, but nothing to see here. Keep moving along. Don't worry. We're not going to crush you. Whatever. Also, that, I mean, it, ugh. <laughs> Like any company that would lack the imagination to be able to see the possibility of a service that does roughly what it does being a possible competitor. Like it's not like companies just draw a pure apple to apple comparison and go, well, they don't offer these features, so they're not a threat to us. Yeah, it's not the same. We wouldn't, we're not doing the same thing. I'm sure Starbucks says that when they open a coffee shop right next to another one. Yeah. Well, their coffee is totally dark. Ours is medium, so it's totally different. Absolutely. Absolutely different. Let's get to some voicemails. Uh, Doug in Springfield, Illinois, weighs in on the World of Warcraft controversy. I, this is Doug in Springfield, Illinois, and I guess I don't really understand what the problem is with uh, World of Warcraft doing what they call censoring people's messages and whatever, because after all, it's it's World of Warcraft server. It's their game. It's not like this is the government doing this to random people. This is a company doing it on something they own. So really, it's their call, and they can do whatever they want, right? Anyway, great show. Talk to you later. Bye. So yeah, the uh, the controversy is that World of Warcraft is uh, has has edited a guild from from describing yeah, themselves them. in in a certain way, and uh, he's right. Sure. It isn't a public forum. I mean, World of Warcraft can do anything they want. That's not the issue. It's whether they should. Yes, that it, and that's what I hate about that argument is that to me, you know, sorry, Doug, to me that's a big cop-out. And that's the kind of thing that you say when you can't justify your actions. And so your response, like kind of a bully, is to be like, I don't have to. Well, and it avoids the issue, right? I mean, yeah. Doug, it didn't say whether he agreed with them or not. Right. It doesn't <laughs> matter whether you can. The question is whether you should. And I guess I guess what his point would be is you can quit. If you don't like it, don't play World of Warcraft. Well, and that's true. Yeah, that's totally true. But no smart business really, really should be taking that approach with their consumers ever. If you don't like it, you can leave. Well, they always have to to a certain extent because always somebody is complaining. And we know that, right? Yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you have to decide if it's you know a, a legitimate majority or even a, even a legitimate minority of people to where you don't want to uh, – you don't want to – cause a problem and the only way to let them know is not to everybody bug out at once right but but to try to get them to change and that's what that's what people are doing here yeah jason in utah on the boiling drawn together <laughs> controversy dun, dun, dun. hi this is jason from utah just wanted to mention the drawn together um issue with viacom said it was going to be free it was on viacom's website with as a press release, and Viacom is the parent company of Comedy Central, and definitely they said that the premiere episode would be free. And I think it just really stings that they can't go back and they just made this stupid mistake and 
can't satisfy the customers who want to get it for free, or at least, you know, tell the truth. Um, and good job mentioning the franking scandal of the late 1980s, early 1990s. Haven't heard franking brought up in a while. Talk to you later. Bye. So he backs you up. Yeah, he backs you up about the uh, the fact that Viacom did say they would give it away free. Yes, and more importantly, it validates that poor blog that we were <laughs> right being so suspicious of. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that yeah. So yeah, that's all we have to say about that. Yeah, <laughs> bummer. You know what? Viacom got a buck ninety nine out of me over that. That's probably their plan all along. Mm. Uh, we got a call from David in Portland in response to our discussion of Warner Brothers testing a peer-to-peer service for delivering video in Germany. Obviously not to BMW owners. Hey, this is David in Portland. Not on the frapper map. I need to do that. I had a quick, uh, bit of a late comment about the Warner Brothers peer-to-peer file sharing pay service. What's the point of paying a company to allow me to go on the peer-to-peer network? I have to not only pay them but then also let them use my upload bandwidth in order to sell their stuff. I mean, the music industry hasn't been nice enough to me or anybody else to have us do that. If they want to have the entire back catalog out there, then it's going to be some sort of service like Napster, which you're not going to be able to use on your iPod, which means it'll fail, and then your music's gone and you wasted all your money. Might as well just buy it. Not on CDs or DRM, of course, but it's just, I, I can't wrap my mind around it. <laughs> Tom, that cracked me up. <laughs> Your pre-phone call comment cracked me up. Oh, about the uh, BMW. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, I like that. Well, it cracked me up as David saying, you know what? They haven't been nice enough. No, yeah, exactly. I'm not going to let them use my bandwidth. And pay them. And I, you know, and and that's I a good question. It is it way. really peer-to-peer? People throw that phrase around quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this is this truly peer-to-peer where it's, you know, bandwidth sharing? Or is there just going to be a central server that you log into and they deliver this. I mean, is it really going to be sharing? Are you going to be pulling it off somebody else's computer? Or the, will they just deliver it all centrally and it will have a, a peer-to-peer-like interface? I, yeah. I, I, I wonder about that. I wonder. And I suspect that, some of the, that it, those are some of the issues that they're going to try to work out with this kind of limited trial since they're only doing it in Germany right now. And next call, just to show that we aren't the only ones who can rant. Great podcast. Hey, quick rant about McAfee. If you call them and you can't remember the password you subscribe with and you give them some personal information, they actually give you your password over the phone. They've got your password in clear text. I don't think that's right. Yeah. Clear text, not a good thing. But then what? how are you going to get your that's password? Me, I know. Mr. Uh, and notice that he didn't give his name, uh-huh. which is, you know, he's, he's he's very savvy in this whole privacy thing. Although we've done a voice print analysis, Bob, and we know, no, <laughs> we don't know who he is. But, and we know who you are. You know, you got to, this this actually riles me with Quicken. Mm-hmm. Intuit uh, has has a, an old account of mine that has some information in it. And there is, you just cannot pry anything out of them there and which is i guess good you know you don't want anyone yeah. to be able to socially engineer their way into getting your information but it's pretty tough though because what where do you draw the line and how mad would you be if you called to get your password and you couldn't yeah yeah I don't pretty know. mad pretty mad then you'd be ranting uh, back at us be well like you know what i mean with financial information ranting. maybe i'm not so so mad maybe it's good yeah with financial information they should keep it up locked but up this is tight. just antivirus yeah it's a little different. It's not that big a deal. On to the emails. Uh, got uh, this really wasn't an anonymous. Actually, no. uh, they did. They, they just 
call, they actually called and called back and said, please don't say my name or use the, the call because I don't want to get in trouble. Uh-huh. Uh, but they, I think it's somebody who actually works in the industry, if not for Nielsen. They didn't say that. Um, but they, they were complaining about our complaints about the DVR rating, saying this stuff is really hard to do. A couple of the points were you have to get people to allow you in their in into your home and integrate your system into their system because the diaries aren't very accurate. You know, it's it's silly to use diaries to track something that's already tracked right. electronically. But then trying to get TiVo, for example, their data integrated into your system and then having people allow you to open up their, their new box but you know and, what? and say, yeah, yeah, you can you can unscrew my box and put some weird thing in there. Right. You know, that that's that's difficult, too. Oh, I agree. But the thing is, TiVo has their own data. Like, we talked about this when we had Leo Laporte on. TiVo's been trying to sell their data. And his response to that was, yeah, but what if somebody comes along and buys TiVo? You need an independent source that you can trust. What if Sony buys TiVo? All right, well. And then all of a sudden, all the Sony shows are rated highly. Right. You have to have an independent source verifying the data. I think that is valid. However... DVRs have been around a while, and it's possible that that Nielsen wasn't exactly on the stick when it came to trying to work out these problems. I don't doubt that it's hard, but it's gone pretty slowly. And I'm thinking a more concerted effort might have made it go quicker. Anonymous is saying they've been working on it for a long time. Are you anonymous? And they're trying to get it right. No, it's not me. Yeah, it's Veronica knows it's not me. (laughs) Veronica, back me up there. It's not me, right? All right. It's not you. Okay. Okay. Nicholas wrote in, uh, saw a posting on Boing Boing about the public pillow fight that will be going on at the Embarcadero in San Francisco on February 14th, mere blocks away Woo-hoo. from our studios here we in San Francisco. Trip? And he says, I better hear about all of you going. <laughs> they did one in, um, I want to say, in Canada somewhere within the past year. 6 p.m. on Valentine's Day in Justin oh. Herman Plaza at Market Embarcadero. Yes. I'm so there. That's when the ferry awesome. building clock strikes six... Hit anyone with a pillow, <laughs> but don't hit anyone with a camera. Wow. Unless somebody asks you to be hit, don't hit anyone without a pillow. Oh, uh, Those are the rules. Okay. That's pretty pretty safe, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, if you're going if you around Justin pillow, Herman Plaza, game, fair game. if you usually carry a p- pillow around Justin Herman Plaza, you might want to reconsider that day. Yes. At, yeah. Especially around six. Yes. Molly's not going, is she? No. I can hear it. I'm going. Yeah. I, I'm going to be in Hawaii, man. I'm in. Oh, you're what? out of wow! Well, you're out of town. That's <laughs> what? Yes. First, I heard of this. Oh yeah, I'm on vacation next week. <laughs> Veronica's like, who let you go? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's cool. Whatevs. Let's hang out. But what I'll evs? hit somebody with a pillow in Hawaii, and you know, just to keep you guys in top of mind. Uh, Jeff wanted to mention how uh, uh, Molly was all upset with AOL because of the uh, outdated username <laughs> system, and then he lost his password on the Buzz Out Loud forums <laughs> and went through the process of having it sent to him by email, followed the procedure for resetting it, and when he went back to sign in, it asked for his username. It said that name was already in use. <laughs> so, Oops. Oh, you know what? We'll, we'll yeah. forward Jeff's mail to the proper person exactly. to get that, get that fixed, but oops. <laughs> Yeah, that hurt. Uh, Michael in Naples, Florida, sent us a great email. Unfortunately, we're running out of time, so we can't mm-hmm. read the whole thing. But we do have to say that he said small is the new yes, black. which is awesome. my new favorite phrase. I'm going to use that all the time. <laughs> small is the new black. Yeah. Oh, so true. Beautiful. Uh, Gabriel in Caracas uh, just says he's a big fan of the podcast, but he just wants to express frustration with the tech industry. They're not coming out with anything new. Nothing revolutionary. True. More of the same. True. Yeah, we've been, we're with you, Gabriel. And someone said I was hella cool. Who was that? 
Oh, yes, that was Aaron from Maryland. Thanks, uh, Aaron. Discussing uh, the problem with the username. He had the same problem with as, as the AOL thing in his own company. Oh. He got transferred to a different division, and he had to set up all of his, his accounts new because they said that his username was already in use. Oh, and he's like, yeah, by me. Yeah. I used to, I work just in another floor. That, that actually happened to me when I briefly left CNET and then came back to CNET. Yeah. I could not get my same network username. That's weird. Yeah, yeah. And then he says, Veronica, he didn't have any interesting stories relating to your comments from Friday, but he just wanted to say you're hella cool. Well, I'd, I prefer wicked cool. Thank you. But <laughs> I appreciate it nonetheless. <laughs> and Gabriel and Caracas, by the way, uh, Venezuela is leading in the Caribbean World Series, the uh, the baseball, the winter baseball. They're just tromping all over everybody. So go, huh. go, Carac- out. go, go Caracas. Go Caracas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're not Boston, so Veronica doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> it's not football, so I care, but not as much. Gabriel probably cares. All right, maybe, but we maybe should not. go. We're wrapping up. Yeah. All right, that's it. 1-800-616-CNET or give us a call or give us that. That's the way to give us a call. Send us an email, buzz at CNET.com or visit us in the forums, forums.cnet.com and look for the Buzz Out Loud Lounge. Bye. Bye. Bye.